0: Hebrews chapter 12 verses 14 through 17. This is the word of the Lord. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. That no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Uh, we look last week... Um, in our passage, and it talked about discipline, about how God, uh, as our Father, disciplines us. About how, uh, even though our earthly fathers are not perfect, uh, they even through their discipline do some good. The point in all of this was that we were, we are becoming something. Uh, Through discipline, we are moving from one type of action and attitude to another kind of action and attitude. We are uh, working uh, to change something to see a desired outcome. It's the same thing we see all around us every day. When you diet or you work out, you are in an effort trying to change one habit, one way of doing things in favor of another. Another. Uh, We see it when you're trying to quit a bad habit or studying or learning. Uh, You're having to train and diligently focus uh, to move from one thing to the next. And this is the same thing that is true in the Christian life. We in the Christian life, as Paul says it, we have died to the old man. We are moving to the new man. We are becoming the new man. And it means that we have to unlearn, uh, put aside old habits of the sinful life as we learn the new habits of the new life. In the Bible, we call this process sanctification. Uh, Sanctification is just a a word that comes from the the word sanctify, which means to be holy or to be set apart. Uh, To be different than the world around us. It's something that takes place over the whole of our life. We talk about when we become Christians, we call that justification. We come to faith in Christ, uh, we are made right. That happens, it's, it's done. But that sanctification then is something from that moment forward that continues until the time we go to be with the Lord. We have to look different If we have a God who is training us, who is growing us, then we have to be different. And this difference he calls holiness. So today we're going to look at the need for holiness. We're going to see three things. The need of holiness, the threats against holiness, and the eternality of holiness. The need of holiness, the threats against holiness... And the eternality of holiness. Holiness has been, or or the idea, the, the notion, the idea of persevering, has been the one of the main concerns of the writers of Hebrew. The writer of Hebrews, he has a desire for those he's writing to, who have already placed faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to stand firm in days of testing. In fact, last week he said to them, uh, you have not yet endured to the point of the shedding of blood. He, He is saying to them, there is a time coming where you will have to, you will be tested to the point of the shedding of blood. And there's a temptation in the face of this sort of knowledge to say, I don't want to shed blood. I mean, that's natural, right? Um, any Anybody here this morning feel that they want to be stabbed or anything like that? No no, no takers? Okay, that's good. It means you're all sane. Um, and the idea of having to deal with this is unappealing. And he says, you may be tempted to know that you may have to endure the shedding of blood to fall away to something that is easier. And he says, no... We cannot do this. We must seek holiness. He says in verse 14, strive for peace with everyone and for holiness with which no one, with, without which no one will see the Lord. He exhorts them to two things, to have peace with everyone, right? Easy check. Anybody have peace with everyone? No, that's hard, right? Uh, And we need holiness. And if we don't have holiness, uh, we will not see the Lord. So the first thing he says here is, live peaceably with all those around you. This is something that Jesus taught throughout uh, Scripture, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, Paul emphasized this in Romans 12. If possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceable with all. We must pursue as an active thing patience and peace with those around us. Now, uh, we tend to be like children because usually if, if I'm getting on to my children and they're doing something, well, so-and-so did something first. I'm only reacting to what they did. And The writer says to us, no, we must be, we must strive to be peaceable. Are you striving for peace with everyone? Everyone. Now, in case you're wondering, that includes everyone. (laughs) Everyone. We must be striving for peace with people we don't agree with. We must be striving for peace with people we don't like. And how are we to do this? How are we to strive for peace when this peace is so unnatural to us? And I think the latter half informs us how we're to do the first. Strive for peace and for holiness. It is as we seek to live holy that we are able to live peaceably. As we are seeking to live as Jesus lived, that we are able to live peaceably. So we have to go back and look at this. Well, what does it mean to live holy? Okay, so we've talked about holiness. We've talked about sanctification. We've said it means to be set apart. It means to be different, uh, to live a certain way. But what does that mean? What does it mean to live a holy life? What are the implications for our salvation? And we see here that holiness, it's not that we become holy and then we become saved, right? Holiness does not equal salvation. No, it's that we become saved and then we become holy as a consequence of our salvation. God saved us so that we might become holy. Christ's sacrificial death his death on the cross his resurrection his ascension into heaven through that he has imputed he has put on us his righteousness and since we are righteous because he is righteous what does that mean for our lives uh, so if you're in this room and you have uh, put your faith and trust in Jesus, then that means for you that I am no longer who I was. I am now Jesus' own son or daughter. I am, I am Jesus' brother or sister. I am the father's own son or daughter. That means I have a different identity. That means I must act and live differently. Sometimes I have these, again, it's very easy to talk about my children here and I, without using any specifics, but I have, I have to have this conversation sometime. Louie and I have this conversation where we say, I know that you see people doing this, but that's not what we're going to do. I know that you, you may see people watching these kind of shows or this kind of TV or going to see these kind of movies or listen to those, this kind of music, whatever it may be. And I have to say, but we're not going to do that. We're going to live differently than the world around us lives. Because we are to be different. We are to be sanctified. We are to be made holy. And we're to seek this through the whole of our life. One commentator says it this way. Christians are most good to the world when they are least like it. Christians are most good to the world when they are least like it. Because the problem is this. If we go into the world and we look like the world, then do people even notice us? If you're acting like everyone else is acting, then there's no difference. We stand out when we look different. We know it's a struggle for us. And so we're to make every effort. Paul in Philippians says it this way. Not that I have already obtained this or that I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Paul says, I don't think I've obtained it yet. I know I haven't obtained it yet, but I know that each and every day I have to strive for this holiness. We have to live peaceably and we must have to live holy." Do we live peaceably? This is hard. Because we live in a time where people tend to say what they want, when they want, how they want. We live in a social media, 24-hour news network, um, internet society, right? And it's my right as a person anywhere to give my opinion on the hottest topic of the day... Whenever I want to. And it doesn't matter. You need to not get offended by my opinion. If I want to state my opinion. I should be able to state it right. That's the kind of culture that we live in. That what I want to say. Is more important than living peaceably. And I'm not saying. That we ignore truth for the sake of peace. Because there are going to be times. Where we speak truth as Christians. That. It is going to create a very unpeaceable. Unpeaceable situation, isn't it? But I fear at times we've fallen into this attitude that I can say whatever I want, however I want. However forcibly I want. And we're not seeking a peace that flows out of holiness. Holiness is not our primary character of who we are. We're not seeking to be Jesus-like. Yes, we can disagree. Yes, we can give hard truths. But we have to live peaceably and wholly. Paul, or the Paul, the writer of Hebrews, goes on to tell us that there will be some threats against the holiness that we seek. Starting in verse 15, see to that no one falls into, or excuse me, fails to obtain the grace of God. That's the first one. He is warning against. Apostasy against those who will fail to obtain the grace of God. And this is something he's been concerned with throughout the letter. Chapter 2, he talked about drifting away. Chapter 3, he talked about sinful deceit. Chapter 6, he talked about those who have tasted of the heavenly gifts. And he says here, we must endure so that we may receive what is promised. We must persevere in the faith, knowing that as we persevere, we have Jesus who is persevering with and for us, as Paul tells us again in Philippians 1. And I am sure of this, that he who has began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. We we struggle. And that's a good thing. We should struggle. The Christian life is one of struggle as we move uh, from sinfulness to glory. Uh, As we go along on this path of holiness, it is a struggle. It should be a struggle. Even as Paul said later in Philippians chapter 3, I don't claim that I'm already there, but I move forward. We have to be active in that our pursuit Of holiness, lest we fall away. There's a real danger of this. We should be checking up with one another. How are you doing? Are you struggling? Let me tell you the truth of the gospel so you can remember. We need to be objects of perseverance for those around us as we seek to live peaceably. The second danger here is that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. Uh, The danger here I believe that the writer is talking about is uh, bad teaching, bad theology, bitterness, a root of bitterness, a root of bad teaching that arises in the church. And, And it not merely tastes bad but it brings spiritual death. He says, lest a bitter root grow up in your midst. Root of bitterness. And through that root, many come defiled. His third warning is that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. And you go here, well, how is his selling of a meal, sexual immorality... Uh, to understand what he's talking about here, you have to understand the story of Esau. Esau, who married two um, pagan women, much to the chagrin and upsetting, upsetting his parents. Esau lived how he wanted to live. He did what he wanted to do. So much so that when uh, it came to his covenant blessing, he said, I'm hungry. Give me something to eat. You can have it. So he said to Jacob, right? With flippance, with sensuality, he was more concerned about the immediacy of his feelings. And we have to protect ourselves from this in the church. And sadly, we do see it. We see it creeping in. Secular attitudes. And once we go down that mindset, it's hard for us to come back for it. And we see that Esau, he mourned the loss but he didn't mourn his sin. We live in a world that is going to seek to keep us from being holy. Holiness is a reminder to the world that it is living in a wrong way. It's an enemy to them. And they're going dis- to seek to destroy holiness. Holiness. From without, but also from within. Those who will creep into the church. And they'll come and they'll they'll say truth, but then they'll come with lies. And that root of bitterness grows up. It comes in the form of false teaching, bad theology. But the world also seeks to bring its sensuality to the church. How many stories in the last many years have you heard of sexual immorality amongst ministers. We've seen divorce rates rise among those in churches. We have seen an emphasis placed on things and programs rather than holiness. There are certain threats against holiness. Each and every day, as you seek to live holy... You are going to be attacked. It's a certainty. So, what are we going to do? We have to focus our minds. He ends in first, in verse. Excuse me, verse seventeen, or not seventeen, but uh, sixteen. No, seventeen. That's right. For you know that afterward. When he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. No, that wasn't what I was talking about either. Um, the point is this. Uh, verse 14. Without peace, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. The point is that we are striving towards eternity. We are reminded that while our holiness does not save us, while we are not saved by our works... We are moving towards something. We are moving to the point that we will be like him, that we will see him, that we will be in his presence. John says in 1 John, beloved, we are God's children now, but what we will be has not yet appeared. We know when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him. As he is, the point is this, that as we are moving in this life from our justification to our glorification, as we are being made holy, we need to focus our eyes on the eternal reality that is set before us. That this is what we're doing. This life is not all that there is. There is something so much more and so much greater. And that's hard for us to remember, isn't it? That we oftentimes keep our eyes focused down while we need to be preparing for what is to come. Holiness keeps and preserves us for heaven. J.C. Ryle, in his book Holiness, says this We must be holy because without holiness on earth, we shall never be prepared. To enjoy heaven. Heaven is a holy place. Suppose for a moment that you were allowed to enter heaven without holiness. What would you do? What possible enjoyment could you feel there? To which of all the saints would you join yourself? And by whose side would you sit down? Their pleasures are not your pleasures, their taste, not your taste, their character, not your character. How could you possibly be happy? If you had not been holy on earth. In essence, he's saying this. Get ready for heaven. Get ready for heaven. Begin living now how you will live in eternity. Knowing that you can't do it perfectly. Holiness has eternal implications. What we say, what we think, what we do matters. What is in store for us is a holy life. And so we are to make every effort to be holy. Knowing that someday we will be in the presence of perfect holiness. Are we pursuing the Christian life in such a way that we are living holy? Knowing that it is by holiness that right now we can see the reflection of Christ. We have often, you may have often heard it said, I've often said it, uh, but the scripture says it again and again. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this world is not your home. And that's a hard thing for us to grasp, I think. Uh, When we are so focused on the immediate, I think it gets easier as you get older. You, th- you may think about eternity and you'll be like, what are you talking about? I'm 13, I'm 11, I'm 18. I've got the whole life ahead of me, right? And I tell you, 18 becomes 40 real quick. And 40, I'm sure, becomes 80 even quicker. And before you know it, you're contemplating Uh, You know, I've been striving and going after all these things all my life. And have I been focused on the right things? Am I preparing for what I will always be doing? It's an interesting thing. I turned 40 this month, February. It's an interesting thing to contemplate. Are we seeking Are we seeking? Do we understand that this world is not our home? Are we seeking and striving for what we will be eternally? It's interesting because sanctification is one of these things. When we talk about our justification, our being made right, we don't play any part in that. So we didn't die on the cross, we didn't live perfectly. Jesus did that, right? When you talk about our sanctification, the difference between our justification and sanctification is, well, our justification is an act, our sanctification is a work. When you talk about a work, uh, I think a great way to say it is a work in progress, right? You look at my house, you go to my house right now, my house is a continual work in progress. I'm sure that's true of everybody's house. There's always something else to be doing, right? There's always a wall that needs painting. There's always a floor that needs fixing a windowsill that your four year old decide to hold on and take a shard out of there's always something to be doing it's a work in progress and this life is a work in our life the Christian life is a work in progress there's always something to be doing and don't misunderstand me I'm not saying that your salvation is a work in progress that's not what I'm saying if you are in Christ, you are saved. But you're not perfect yet, are you? And, and we are moving from our justification to our glorification when we will be perfect. And it's not like we get to go, I got my ticket stamped. Now I can just sit back and enjoy the ride. We can't do that. We have to be moving from salvation to glory, from sinfulness to holiness. It is the evidence of our justification. And again, don't, don't hear me and go get discouraged. Because we have a tendency at this point to go, Okay, well I believe I'm a Christian, but I see this person over there. And they're more holy than I am, or I at least perceive them to be more holy than I am. Therefore, I'm not holy, therefore I'm not a Christian. That can be a temptation, can't it? Don't, that's not Because every walk is different, right? Each of us is moving Towards glorification at a different Speed, at a different level, at a different Rate, and so it's not about Measuring ourselves against One another, because there's only One person we get to measure ourselves against And who's that? Jesus And of course when we measure Each of us measure ourselves against Jesus we, We go what? I can't do it. That's exactly right. You can't. He says, it's not about getting to be perfect. I'm going to perfect you. It's about in faith and humility, relying on me, not trusting in this world, not seeking after the sinful desires of our hearts, but seeking after me through holiness of God, seeking peace with everyone. It's about a changed life. It means that we as Christians don't get to do what the world does and say, I'm all right with peace with some people, but those people over there really annoy me. And I'm just not going to have peace with them. It means that, yeah, I'm okay with giving up most sins, but I really like this one. So I'm going to keep it. It's an understanding that as we walk the Christian life, the world is going to attack you. If you're, if you're ever, I mean, do, we really, do I really even have to like prove the fact that the, the world's going to attack holiness? I mean, it's all around us, right? When you talk about things like and the sexual revolution, and things like that of like oh well now we're just more free right and in reality as we come more in bondage to it when you look at our our the way we we credit everything right why is it that america has such high credit card debt because what are we striving to my best life now right i need these things and this things and i need them now The worldliness that we allow to creep in. And the writer says, No, if you allow worldliness into your life, ultimately what will become from that is death. Don't seek the world. Don't seek it, even though it seems to promise you good things, even though it promises you security. Prepare yourselves for heaven. Knowing that is your ultimate destination. That's where you'll spend eternity. That's where you'll be in the presence of the most high God. Don't be like Esau. Who did whatever he wanted to do. Who lived his life however he wanted to live it. And then when it came down to receiving the blessing. Was really upset that he didn't get it. Wait what? I don't get I'm. It's my right as the firstborn. Give me my blessing. He was upset. He wept. He sought his blessing with tears, but he didn't gain it. Because he lived however he wanted to live. He did whatever he wanted to do. He didn't submit and surrender his life to God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we must persevere in our Christian life. We must endure to the end. And to do this, we must seek the holiness of God. And this does not happen via osmosis. It does not happen simply by magic. How do we seek... And gain the holiness and righteousness, or I should just say, the holiness of God. We have the righteousness of God. How do we get it? Through diligent, faithful study of God's word. Through diligent, faithful striving to live obediently to God's word. We must be holy, even as Jesus is holy let's pray heavenly father oh lord we consider our lives and we know that we are not what we should be and yet we also see the wonderful beautiful truth that if we are in christ we are yours lord would we not live for how this world would have us live but would we live for who we truly are sons and daughters of the god most high lord Work this holiness within us. And Lord, if there are any here this day who do not know you, would you call and draw them to yourselves? Would they see what is only to be found in you? And would from this moment on, would they seek the holiness of God? We ask and pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand as you're able, as you